Uh, we're excited about this weekend, excited about a chance to come together and worship Jesus as one. It's, it's an amazing thing to come together as the body of Christ when Jesus himself comes and walks among us and he is present and receives our worship. Uh, it's, it's just overwhelming sometimes. And uh, we've been talking about the different things that Jesus brings with him. When he comes into our lives, he is with us because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And when he comes, we have what he has. He brings everything that he is into our lives. So that's how we been able to talk the last few weeks about having hope with us and having peace with us and having joy with us. Thank you, everybody that had a party with us last week. How many of you really enjoyed that? That that was like a highlight of my my month just to get to have a joy party at the end of service. If you missed it, uh, you can ask somebody that was here. They'll tell you all about it. And I've had several people say, why don't we do that? more often during the year because it's refreshing and there's something about joy that just strengthens us. So thank you guys for being part of the joy party. And this week, what I wanted to talk about is love with us. That's, this is the final weekend of the Advent season. We're going to, we're going to, I'm not going to preach a message tonight so you can relax. If you're coming to the Advent service, we're going to sing some carols. We're going to light candles. We're going to share the Christmas story, but I'm not going to preach so, so everybody can relax. But uh, tonight we're going to celebrate that Christ was with us. At all times, his anointing, the anointed one himself, lives with us and everything that he carries is with us. Uh, but this morning, love with us, uh, love is really the core of who we are and why we do what we do. When, when Jesus is with us, there should be love with us at all times. That's why we're so passionate about seeing people encounter Jesus because they need to come into an experience with that love that he carries, the love that he is. It's not just something he has, it's the essence of who he is. When people come into an encounter with Jesus, that love changes them from the inside out. There's something that happens. I hope, I hope that every one of us never forgets that feeling of the first time that we encountered the love of Christ and how overwhelming it was, how it just changed something, how it, how it helped us to see things that we had never seen before and come into a relationship and an experience with him that changes our lives. One of the things that's it's hard to talk about love in just one sermon, because love really is hard to define. That we could go around this room, we could ask 50 different people and get 50 different definitions of what love means. Uh, and it's more than a feeling. When I hear that old song. Come on. You, you guys know where I'm going with I'm not going to try to sing that because I can't hit those notes that Boston sang. More than a feeling when I hear that. See, I'm already, I'm gone there. There have been more songs written about love than you could even count. We, we, we're sitting here this morning, we're asking, what's love got to do with it? Come on, if you get any of these stuck in your head at the end of service, I'm sorry. You know, it, it started way back in the 50s. Elvis wanted us to love him tender. Come on. It, all, this, all these people are searching for love. You can't buy me love. You know, you can't buy me love because you've lost that love and feeling. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're sitting there right now. You're, you're probably thinking, Pastor Chris, stop in the name of love. But just, just relax. I'm not done yet because you can't hurry love. Because love is all you need. And all you need is love. Come on, Anson, were the Beatles prophetic or not? Yeah, give, all we're saying, give peace a chance. Uh, all you need is love. They, they were singing about something. Was their gift misguided? Maybe a little bit, but they were really singing about the core of what people were searching for at that time because they knew that love will keep us together. Come on, you're, you're sitting here hearing this list and you're thinking, come on, Pastor Chris, those are just silly little love songs. 
But it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited because it's a crazy little thing called love. Just, just one more. I will always love you. Man. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm definitely not trying to sing Whitney this morning. Come on. That, that's not even in my realm of thinking or possibilities. But there have been more plays, more books, more movies, more blogs written about love than you could shake a stick at. It's because it's what the world needs. It's what they're looking for. Even if they don't realize that there is something in there that they long for. They, they sit around, they wonder, is love a noun? Is love a verb? How do I define it? I just know I'm searching for it. Even, even in the Bible. Come on. How many of you have ever felt like, oh man, why is there only one English word for love? It's so hard to get a grasp on what it means. And even in the Bible, there's different expressions of love. There's, there's at least three main Greek words for love. Eros, which means physical love or the love that you have for a spouse maybe. There's phileo, brotherly love that we are commanded to have for one another. And there's agape love which is the kind of love we strive to attain because it's the love that God has for us. It's the love that says, hey, I, I don't have any agenda here other than just to love you. That's what we are called to as Christians is to express that kind of love to the world. And even though it's hard to define, what's amazing to me is many of us, we are keenly aware when love is not there. We, we might have a hard time defining it, but we know when it's not present. Because when it's not present, there is a hole. There is, a, there is an emptiness to what is going on. Whether it's in our relationships, whether it's at holiday time, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in our churches, when love is not present, we feel it. Because there's a hole, there is a longing, there is something missing. There's a problem if we're coming together as a church and love isn't present, right? I, I, I pray that that is, that is one of the main things I continue to pray, that everybody that ever walks through the doors of New Life Fellowship, that they overwhelmingly feel they are loved. Come on, I, I don't care what else we're doing, what, what programs we start, what ministries we have, whatever else we do, that's the cry of my heart, that people come in the door and they know, this is a place where I feel loved. I'm, I'm embraced here. I'm, I'm at home here. Every time, I've told a couple people this, but every time that I would pray about what, what are life groups supposed to look like? What's, what's community at our church? What are small groups supposed to do? Every time I pray about that, I hear the theme song from Cheers. I want to go to a place where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. Come on, that is, that is what I want. That is what I think should be something that people experience when they come to the family of God. There should be a knowing that I am loved, I am embraced. Somebody here knows my name and they are glad that I came. We'll talk about some aspects of love today, but just about any way you look at it, Christians ought to be the most loving people on earth. That, that should be something that marks our lives more than anything else we're known for. We ought to be those people that the world can point their finger at us and say, those people sure know how to love. They, they have no agenda. They, they make me feel at home. They make me feel accepted because that's what Jesus did when he went places. People felt that he loved them. No matter what else was going on in their lives, they knew this person loves me. And that should be something that marks our lives also. In fact, Jesus in John chapter 13, he actually said, this is how people will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. Come on, part of the core, part of the core of our Christian witness is how well we're able to love one another. And Jesus said that that would be a sign to the world that they would be able to look at our lives and say, wow, they must belong to Jesus. Because of how they love one another. 
So the key thing that I want us to grab hold of this morning is that love always produces action. Every, everything that we've talked about in this series of, of With Us, in the Advent series, whether it's joy with us, hope with us, peace with us, just like that, love is something that is internal. It is something inside of us, but it should be seen on the outside. Same as, same as joy, peace, and hope. They're all things that are inside of us, but they ought to produce something that's visible to the world around us. You may not always be able to define it, but you should be able to see it. Man, that's a... If, if I was an article online, there would be like a little call-out bar that said, click here to tweet that. We, you may not always be able to define love, but you should always be able to see it. Because that is who we are. That's what we do. We are people of love, and love should produce action in our lives. And specifically today, just since it's the Advent season, we've been talking about taking what Jesus has put inside of us and giving it away. I want to tell you that there is an aspect of love that loving is giving. That is one of the things that it should produce in our lives. And I'm not just talking about money. There's, there's plenty of opportunity to do that. You can express love by giving your money away to people. But it's more than that. It's giving away of ourselves, of who we are, our time, our treasure, our talents, our effort, our passions. Everything that is us, we can give it away to the world. When we truly love people, we'll begin to give to people also. And as we move into 2018, it's, it's not just here at Christmas time in 2017, but as we move into this new year, I want us to be a people that look to give away everything that he's given to us. What, whatever you've experienced, whether, whether it's the with us stuff we've been talking about, hope, peace, love, and joy, or whether it's just the benefits of what you've experienced of coming to New Life Fellowship, the community you feel, the love you feel, the embrace that's here, I want us to be a people that give that away to the world this coming year. To take what he's done inside of us and let it be seen by the world around us. Love actually started with God. It was his idea. He, he was the one that originated it. It wasn't something that, oh, I, I went to a pastor's meeting and we just came up with this idea. We should talk about love. It was God's idea. John 3.16, the most famous verse in all the Bible. The one on the signs at the, at the football games. For God so loved the world. Come on, for God so loved the world. That he gave. He gave his only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Love was the motivation for God to give. Love was what motivated him to send Jesus for us. God is not some unattached, unfeeling deity up there that, that he just thought, you know, it would be very logical and make a lot of sense for me to send Jesus to the earth. Come on, he's, he's not Spock, he's not a Vulcan, he's not, he's not detached from emotion. God was so stirred by his love for humanity, by his love for his creation, and he looked down and he saw the pain and the agony that sin was causing, what was going on in the world, that love stirred him and said, I'm going to give my son. I so want to restore and have a relationship with my creation, for them to know me and to be known by me, that I'm going to send Jesus. It was love that motivated God. It originated with Him. And it should be what motivates us too. This, this book, everything else that you could call the Bible, this book is ultimately a love story. The greatest one that was ever written. More than any song, any play, more than Romeo and Juliet, this book is a love story. A relationship that God wants to have with people, with each one of us, to come and make His home with us and to be known by us. His primary passion, I want to be their God. And I want them to be my people. I want them to know me. It started with him, and then he gave it to us. Isn't that an amazing deal? 
All, all the stuff that we have, he, he gave it to us. That agape love, that love that says, I don't want anything from you. I have no agenda. I'm going to pour it out in you. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it says, hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. I love that verse because it doesn't just say that God poured out love. It says God poured out his love. That love that we're aspiring to, the love that we want to see happen in our lives, it was the essence of who He is and the way that He loves was actually poured out into us. The love that we have comes from Him. The love that we aspire to be in the world when, when we want people to know that they are loved no matter what they've done, no matter what their agenda is, we just want to love them. That love is in us because God placed it there. By the power of His Holy Spirit. When it says the word, He poured out His love in our hearts, that literally means to give in abundance, to spill out the entire contents of something, to lavish it upon someone. He took all that He was, all of His love, all that He could ever be, and He poured it out into our hearts. He didn't just say, Hey, I'm going to give you this this little ability and I hope you grow it into something nice. He said, I'm going to give you the whole deal up front. I'm pouring it out into you more than you could ever contain even. Our hearts have been soaked and saturated with the love of God. We always talk about our hearts being the soil that God's word gets planted into. How many of you have ever heard that message from the the parable of the sower and the reaper? that, That we have to be good soil in our hearts to receive the word of God. Our hearts, the soil of our hearts has actually been saturated And soaked with the love of God. That's what makes it good soil to produce something. And when our hearts are saturated with the love of God, the seed of the word of God produces explosively. It's like it's like taking a seed and putting it in super miracle grow soil and making sure it has the right amount of light and food and water. And it starts to grow and starts to be fruitful in abundance. That's what happens to the seed of God's word when we've prepared our hearts with the love of God. Without the love of God, all the things that we do, they just become religious duty and obligation. Whether it's, whether it's going to church or evangelizing our neighbor or praying for people or even giving in the offering, if we don't have love saturating our hearts, it becomes just a checklist and a duty that we, that we check the box and say, hey, we've done this well now. But with love, it produces and it produces fruit in our lives because it changes how we see people. It stirs something within us and motivates us. If we want more fruit in our lives. Maybe I'm maybe I just need to ask the right people this morning. How many of you would like to see your lives be more fruitful? That's that's something I aspire to. If we want to see more fruit in our lives, we have to prepare the heart of our soil by continually staying in a place of love with him. Whether that's through worship, whether it's coming into the word, whether it's just meditating on Jesus, look what you've done for me. We need to let his love just wash over that soil in our hearts so that it really is prepared to produce when we hear the word. Love should be our motivation. I put on the screen, love is our motive. That's a faith statement for some of us. It it should be our motivation for everything we do. And and I'd like to say in my own life that it is, but I don't always get that one right. In fact, at Christmas time, I don't know why, at Christmas time I seem to be more acutely aware than ever of of sometimes that I'm selfish and short-sighted and I'm always looking at myself. But love should be our motivation for everything that we do. The Apostle Paul said it this way in his letter to the Corinthians, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. 
His love compels us. That word compel literally gives the impression that I've been hemmed in. I've been boxed in. I've been apprehended. I've been seized. I've been arrested by the love of God. What Paul is saying in that verse, I've had a firsthand encounter with the love of God to such a degree that I can't do anything else except express it to others. It's the motivation. It compels me. Everything I do, he's, he's riding along on his horse to go persecute Christians, and he has a radical encounter with Jesus, with the love of God that says, hey, even though you've been persecuting me, even though you've been killing my people, I'm going to use you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to redeem you. He says, I had such a firsthand encounter with God's love that it changed me forever. I can't do anything else except be motivated by the love of God. If our expectations for what we do for people include getting something in return, it's not the pure love of God that we're supposed to express to the world. I I remember I had a friend that preached about the love of God, and he said most of human love has a hook in it. we're We're loving people for what we can get back. I love you because this is what you'll do for me, and God's love has no hook. I just love you, I love you, I love you. So if our motivation isn't just, I love you, I love you, I love you, then we need to go back and check our heart and see what's going on there. God really wants us to give away the love that he's given us. He placed something inside of us for a reason, not just to have it sit there, to have it remain there. He didn't put you on display in a museum and say, oh, look what a good Christian I've created. I put my love in his heart. He gave us his love because he wants us to give it away to others. In 1 John 4.19, it says, we love because he first loved us. Everything of faith is a response. Everything that we do that matters, everything that we do that's of faith is always in response to something that he's done first. Don't limit that verse to just being able to love God. I've heard people teach it that way. Oh, well, I can only love Jesus because he loved me first and showed me what it's like. That verse is in the context. It's right in the middle of a passage talking about loving people. Loving others around us. We can love others around us because Jesus first loved us. That's what that motivation of that verse is supposed to be. With the context is loving other people. John even goes on. I don't know how he would preach this and still have people around. He must have really exuded the love of Jesus to people. Because he goes on to say, if you say you love God but you hate your brother, you're a liar. Man, you don't hear that preached too often on Sunday mornings. But but the Apostle John actually said that. If you say, oh, I love God, I love you, Jesus, look at me worshiping. Everybody see how I raised my hands this morning? If we say that, but then we don't express it to the people around us, he says we're lying. Lying to ourselves, lying to God, lying to others. I don't know. He just says you're a liar if, if you say you love God, but you can't even express love for the people around you. Ouch. The, the, the great apostle of love. <laughs> That's amazing that he could say that and get away with that. And it got into the Bible. That's amazing. <laughs> and we know what this love that he wants us to share with others, we know what it looks like. We know what we're supposed to be doing. We have an idea. We had a model for it. In 1 John 3.16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. That's the love that he wants us to express to other people. He didn't hold anything back when he demonstrated his love, even to the point of suffering and death. There are people that I really say I love, but would I suffer for them? Would I give my life for them? Would I even give up the remote on Sunday afternoons? 
Come on, I don't know what it is, but somewhere you, you may not have an opportunity to physically die for somebody, but there are opportunities to lay down our lives every day. And they, they often come with the people closest to us. Sometimes we, we, get, we have this mindset, I don't know why it is, we have no problem going up to complete strangers and saying, God bless you, God loves you, here's, here's some money, here's a gift, we, we want to see you, oh, we love you. But for the people around us, sometimes it's the hardest to express, to really lay down our lives for the people in our lives. What is it? What does laying down my life look like in my context? That's the question each of us need to ask ourselves. If we want the world to know we are His because of our love, what does laying down my life for other people look like in me? Does it mean I just need to give of my time? Does it mean I need to do something to show it outside of Sundays? It's easy to, easy to set aside a couple hours a week to come and put our happy face on. Right. Love you. How you doing? Oh, you're good too. It's more than just Sundays. That's part of laying down our life. Does it mean we, we open the door for people to come join our family during the week? And but I got Christmas plans already. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to set an extra place at the table and, and buy more food. Maybe that could be what laying down your life looks like in your context. Do we give our time to people? Do we look for chances to serve? I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm just throwing out examples that, that resonate with me. But each one of us needs to ask that question. If I want the world to see that I'm his because I love people, what does laying down my life look like? In 1 John 3.18, he goes on a couple verses later. As if it wasn't hard enough to, to listen to already. 1 John 3.18, he says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. What's John saying there? In, in modern language, he's saying, talk is cheap. Don't, don't just tell me you love me, show it to me. And that's what he's called us to do. That's what Jesus has called us to do. Not just be people that, that talk about love, give a good message, and, and we can go rehearse it and rehash it with people, but people that express love in our actions, in our deeds to others. John had seen a lot. Come on, he had been firsthand with the, with the personification of love himself. He walked with Jesus and saw how he interacted with people. John had seen a lot, and he's getting towards the end of his life. And at this moment of life, the most important thing that he can think of to tell people is let's not be hypocrites about love. I mean, I mean, imagine what he saw. He saw the Holy Spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost. He saw signs and wonders and miracles. He saw the early church birth and it began to grow and the gospel spread throughout the land. And he gets towards the end of his life. And the most important thing he can think to write people is, let's not just love with words in our tongue. Let's love with our deeds and our actions. Let's actually do what we say we are. I think New Life Fellowship is a people that knows how to love. I think we do it well. But I know just, just like anything else I do in my life, that even if it's well, I know there's always room for improvement. I know there's always more that I could be asking him, help me love better. Help me love more. I, I, I blew it again. You know, it, I'm not even going to go there with examples. <laughs> I, I see Pam sitting on the front row and a thousand pa- examples pop into my mind. And I'm not going to go there. Just trust me. I, I'm very keenly aware of opportunities to grow in loving people. And this, this season, more than ever, as we reflect on what He's done for us and the fact that He stepped out of glory, out of eternity, to be born in a filthy manger in a stable, to, to live this life in earth. I can't imagine the concept of going from glory, from what He was experienced, the reality that He had in the heavenlies, to say, I'm going to step out of that and come down to be with you. 
It just boggles my mind to think about. And it makes me aware of, man, as, as good as I think we love other people, I think there's more. I think there's room for us to grow and to ask Him to do that. We have love with us at all times. Let's look for opportunities to give it away. Like uh, the ushers to come up right now, we're going we're gonna to show a short little video that we did this week. Uh, we're going to post it in social media in some different places, but uh, just a couple things I wanted to say while the ushers are coming up to get ready to give you something. And uh, after we watch just this quick video, I'll, I'll say a little bit more about what the ushers are coming to give you. Hey everybody, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas and thank you for being a part of New Life Fellowship this past year. In John, we're reminded that because God loved us, He gave His only Son to us. And that's exactly what you've enabled New Life to do, is to turn around and give back to our community and show people the love of Jesus. This past year, we've helped people by giving away almost 60,000 pounds of food, hundreds of pounds of clothes. Uh, We have done things in the community to show people in tangible, practical ways that Jesus is alive and that he loves them so much. Not only that, but recently we were able to give away many Giant Eagle gift cards and hundreds of new diapers to families in need in our community. Remember that we're called to love and serve and reach at all times. Loving and giving should not be things that we just reserve for Christmas time. And I believe that as New Life Fellowship moves into 2018, we're going to see this spirit of Christmas be with us throughout the entire year. I'm excited about what God has in store for New Life Fellowship in 2018. As we gather together over these next few winter months to worship as one congregation in the Bridgeville campus, I believe God is going to build the momentum for us to actually increase what we do in the community. You can clap if you want. So what, what Bill and Silas are coming around to pass out, they're bags of hugs, hugs and kisses. You can, you can give away real hugs and kisses if you want. I think that would be an even greater example, or maybe you want to give some money away with them. But I would like you to take those hugs and kisses and give them away this afternoon. If, if, you're, if you're planning on coming tonight at 6 o'clock for the, the candlelight service, uh, I might make some opportunities and ask people, tell me about an opportunity you had to give away a hug or a kiss this afternoon. Find someone you don't know. Find the, 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 the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant. When you, when you leave a tip with your check, leave them a hug or a kiss. Whoever it is, just find an opportunity. Say, I'm going to give away love this afternoon. I, we, we came up with hugs and kisses because it's just a fun, practical way to say a hug and a kiss is an expression of love. But take that hug and that kiss. Go give it away to somebody. Find someone to say, you know, I just want to share this with you to let you know that you're loved. To let you know that, that this season is about love. Jesus loves you. And I'm giving you something to practically express that. We, I don't, peace, joy, hope, love, whatever it is that, that has really touched and stirred you this Advent season. I want us to make a point to give it away to somebody else. It'll, it'll be a practical reminder because you'll be carrying a bag of candy. But hopefully it's not just a one-time reminder. Hopefully as we move into this coming year, we, we stay in a place where we're keenly aware of what Jesus has placed into our lives and the opportunity we have to share it with others. Let's go ahead and stand together. Father, we thank you for what you've placed into our lives. 
God, even even when we were living in a place where we were aware that we had nothing, where we were aware of our of our lack and the hole that was in our lives, because true love, your love, wasn't present there. We thank you that you saw that and came to do something about it. And that when you saved us by the power of your Holy Spirit, you poured out your love into our lives. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that we have something that has changed us forever, that we have experienced the fullness of what it means to know you and to be known by you. God, let us be good stewards of that love that you've placed into our hearts. Good stewards, not to just take it and bury it in the ground and hide it and say, oh, I really enjoyed it, but to give it away to others, to see it increase and multiply as we give it away. Lord, we thank you for bringing people across our paths, even this holiday season, Lord, bringing people across our path that need to know they are loved. People that have been walking around empty. People that have been walking around uh, with a void and a hole inside of them needing to know that there is something that can truly fill that. God, let let even these, these hugs and kisses that we give away be practical reminders that you've given us something of great value that we can give to others. Lord, I just ask that you would bless us indeed as we go from this place. Let us go full of, of your hope and your peace and your joy and your love. Let us go with an optimism in our hearts, knowing that you are able to do all things. God, we just say that we love you. We We are so grateful for your presence in this place this morning, the opportunity to worship you. We just ask that you would continue to watch over our lives with your goodness and your mercy, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.